Center Baptist family. Good morning, church. I said it again. Church book family. I got to work on that. But anyway, we're getting live today. Today we're live from Center Baptist Church. So go ahead and get your family gathered around. And uh, you're going to hear some music. Miss Dean is here. And she's playing some music. And we're going to get ready to worship at 1030. So enjoy the music. Get, get everybody together. And grab your Bible. And we're going to be singing a few songs. And we're going to be worshiping together. It's Palm Sunday. And we're glad to be able to come to you and worship like this. So enjoy the music as it comes through. And here we are as we begin to worship here in just a moment. All right? God bless you today.
Well, good morning, Center Baptist Church. It's Palm Sunday, and we are here gathered live at Center Baptist Church. Uh, we have my family here, Courtney and Michael. Miss Dina, she lives right down the road here, was so gracious to come up this morning. And then Miss Sheila's back there on sound, and we are social distancing. We are plenty far enough apart from each other to keep everybody safe. And that's why we're doing these services in this way. We want to keep you safe and our family safe. But just felt in my heart, wanted to come to the church today. I've enjoyed the services from my home, but I just had in my heart to be able to come here to the church. I want you to know, church, because I wanted you to see us here again. Because there's going to come a day, I believe soon and very soon, and we're praying and believing that we will be back in this building. But may I remind you, as I've shared a few times by my emails, we may be not in this building, but we're not closed. We are dispatched as the army of God. We are maybe not gathered, but we are scattered. And using the gifts God's given us in the areas he's placed us in. So this morning, we're going to be here in this place, wherever you are. Grab your family, grab others, grab your Bible. If you have a phone where you can Google the words of these songs, we'll be singing, Surely, Goodness, and Mercy, and then He is my all in all. And so I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to sing together and worship the Lord. Join me as we pray. Father, thank you today for the privilege to gather in this place. Lord, it is so good to be in this place in this moment. It is Palm Sunday. It's the day that we begin to celebrate the Holy Week that would lead into the crucifixion and the resurrection. It is the standard by which we stand as Christians. And we want to begin this day worshiping you as the crowd would gather around and sing hosannas to the king. May we worship you today as well, knowing you are worthy of our praise. And Lord, wherever folks are at today, maybe in their living rooms or kitchens or maybe there are other places and they're watching around their phone or their computer. Some will watch later in the day through our YouTube channel. However it might be, I pray you would bless them today, encourage them today, minister to them today. As we come in this moment, God, may you be glorified. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now normally we would say, of course, Miss Allison would be here, Brother Jimmy, and they would tell you to turn to 691. But you can just right there where you are. I'm not going to ask you to stand. No, you can be seated. Don't stand up. You can be seated there in your home. Um, but I told my congregation here to sing loud. Even Sheila has a book back there, all right? 691 is what we're going to sing. Surely, goodness and mercy. The reason this song's on my heart, this will be preaching on today from Psalms 23. So listen to the words of this song, all right? Surely good. 
congregation here don't get louder, don't make them stand, all right? So you sing with me. Verse 2. He restoreth my soul when I'm weary. He giveth me strength day by day. He leads me beside the still waters. He guards me each step of the way. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. When I walk through the dark, lonesome valley, my Savior will walk with me there. probably know this song. It is also a powerful song. Listen to the words and may it encourage your heart today. Sheila's got her book. I see my family has her book. Dina is singing to help me stay on pace. And so I thank you, Miss Dina. You are my all in all. Listen to the words of this song. Fill my cup, you are my. 
We will email you the songs. We'll email you some things for your kids that you can print off and have with you. And then when you exit out, there'll be some men with buckets. And you'll be able to give your offering as you go out, not touching anything or anybody. The two things that are very important, you have to stay in your car. And you will not be able to come into the building to use the facilities. Those two things were very stressed, very much stressed to us as pastors. So I want us to be able to do this, but I'm just going to ask you to help me as your pastor. If you will do those two things, I promise you this. It will be an abbreviated service, but it will be a very special service. It will be a Christ-honoring service. It will be almost like a sunrise just at 11 o'clock, all right? So that will be, and, and, and myself and others will be on the porch, and we'll be serving and ministering. You'll be able to listen right there where you are. So keep encouraged by that. This week being Holy Week, I will share more with you as well about opportunities for Bible studies as we move forward. So keep that in mind, and I'll be sending you some resources on that as well. I mentioned in my video last night, this coming Friday is Good Friday, and I want to be able to have our Good Friday service online. I'll probably come to you from my home, but here's what I have coming uh, by mail that should be here tomorrow is actual cups that have the juice already in it, have the bread on top, and they're all in one, the cups are. And I want to be able to get those to you, but here's what I'm going to ask you so that we keep everybody safe, keep everybody well, and keep everybody's mind and heart in a, in a good place that will come up. Uh, it, might, it might just be me and my family or maybe one or two other volunteers. We'll have gloves, and we will put what your family needs in a Ziploc bag, and then we will have those on tables on Thursday. You simply drive up to the church, come find your family's bag, take it back with you, Keep it there till Friday, and then Friday night, have it there with your family, and we will observe communion together as a family. Here's what I need. I need you to call Jean tomorrow or text her or me. Either way, email us, text us, let us know so we can get our families together, how, that, how many you would need, and she would like to be a part. Again, you would simply come up. You put the, there'll be a bag ready for you. You take that home, and Friday evening, we'll gather around the computer or phone, and we'll share communion together on Good Friday. So keep that in mind as well. As we come today, this will normally be our time for offering. Can I say something to you? Thank you for being faithful for those that have given in, in this time. And you have been so faithful. You say, Pastor, why should we continue to give? We're not meeting. Well, ministry doesn't stop. You've heard it said already this morning. We are not closed. We are dispatched. We are not gathered, but we are scattered. Ministry is taking place, even among our Southern Baptist Convention. The chaplains that are with all the different uh, um, National Guard, do you know they are missionaries from the North American Mission Board? And that we as a church, through our giving, support them, pay their salaries so they can be on the field ministering as chaplains right now in this great need. As well as Southern Baptists are sending 200,000 masks out to hospitals they're sending food and relief agencies to New York City where we can't go, our missionaries can go. So thank you for giving. But what about locally? Well, as I shared in my video, there's some things we can't do, but there's some things we can do. This week's school is going to be out for vacation, I mean for vacation Bible school, for spring break and get my mind slowed down just a moment. So they will not be feeding them. But here in Helen is a food station and we will be able to come together and feed them and I will have lunches on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.
We as a church, I'll be doing that. There will be no contact with you to keep you safe and well. But we'll be doing that as a church. We'll be doing gift cards for our first responders. Hopefully in the next week or so, we'll be able to have a place where our first responders can go and enjoy a lunch on Center Baptist. We have benevolence that, are, that is being done. So I just want to encourage you. Can I just say something to you from the bottom of my heart? I read it this morning as I'm reading through the book of Acts. And the Bible says they gave as they had ability in the midst of the famine. And that means that some of you are walking through a time of famine. And things are tight and I get it. But I thought about how good God's been to our family. And by God's grace, through you, Center Baptist, and through Courtney's work, we still have our jobs, and I'm very grateful for that. So I begin to think, Lord, those of us that have ability, what can we do? And God pressed upon my family's heart to, this morning I have my tithe check that I'll be giving to Marty and placing it in a poem for her to get here at the church. And then we also, this is what we normally give is our tithe check right here. And then we went online this morning and gave an extra gift. Why? Because God's blessed us. We have ability right now. And I want to be a part. And I want to come alongside others that may not have ability. And you're doing the best you can. So I want to come alongside you and say, if you're not where you can, we want to come alongside as a church. And we want to do what God's called us to. But can I just encourage you? If you do have ability, would you join with me? If God's been good to you, and even in this season, would you join with me? And fulfilling the mission of the gospel here in Robertstown and beyond. And I just want to say, too, thank you to all the folks that worked so hard. I thank Charlie and Ben for the website and getting that giving option. It was such a blessing to be able to give. And then I saw it happen. We received an email, and it was so well written and so well done. Thank you, Charlie and Ben. And thank you, Jeremy, for getting all these videos on YouTube. I'm so blessed beyond measure. And thank you, church, for serving. In ministering, calling on people, checking on people, taking meals to your home. To God be the glory. You are an amazing group of people. As we come today, we want to pray. Would you right there where you're at, gather those around you, and we're going to pray for our nation. We used to gather here at the altar during this time, and we will again, church family. Hear your pastor. We will again. Have hope. But until that time, we are still in the spirit on the Lord's day. It's the Lord's day, whether we are here or in our home or wherever we are, it's the Lord's day. So I'm going to invite my family to come and stand here with me. They look very surprised. I thought I told them. I didn't. Now I did. So come and if I got something that needs fixing, what is it? Okay. Here we go. We're going to have a word of prayer. Father God, we come to you today. We're grateful for the privilege to be able to come into this house to worship you, even though it's unique and it's different. I want to pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us as we walk through this season. Lord, I want to thank you for the privilege to give and to serve even in this season. I thank you for the generosity of your people and their love and support and prayers. And so many are doing so much. Again, we are not the church gathered, but we are the church scattered. And I'm so grateful for how you're using your people. Lord, I pray right now that you would be with our nation, 
Touch our president, our vice president. Touch our leaders here, state, Lord, with our governor and our commissioners. Lord, we pray, give them wisdom and discernment. Lord, I pray for those that are sick across this nation. Would you touch them and bring healing? For those that have lost loved ones during this virus, we mourn with them and we pray your grace be upon them. We pray for every doctor, every nurse, every EMT, every first responder through law enforcement as they are on the front lines of this virus. We pray for them, keep them safe, keep them strong as we have talked to many of them this week and they're walking through so much. God, touch them and keep them safe, I pray. Lord, keep us all safe as we walk through this and help us in the midst of it to use wisdom and discernment. But of all, God, may you be glorified in all that we do. It is our prayer, God, you would stop this virus. God, you would, Lord, stop the plague as we see in the Old Testament. But above all, God, help us to learn from you what you're doing, to lean into you and to find you faithful. And God, I just pray you'd move in a supernatural way as only you can. Move in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Well, this time, Miss Michael's going to come. And she's going to sing our praise and worship as we would before I come to preach. So you pray for her as she comes to do that now. They say sometimes you win some. Sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. Right now, alright now, I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring. I sing when I fell to the flame like I am right now. I know you're able and I know you can stay through the fire with your right hand. Say the word, but even 
about it being sideways on your computer. The reason we have the stand up today is because we had somebody to hold it. We wanted it to be stable. And we know that's unique for the computer. I would just encourage you, if possible, to switch to a device where either your iPad or your phone, you can turn it to the side. I know it won't be as large as the computer, but it's certainly, I appreciate your patience in working with us. Um, this is all new to everybody, and we're trying to do it as best we can, but I know that is different, and so if you can work with us, and then maybe with the YouTube, we can get that fixed as well, but with the stand that we have that we had purchased, we can only do it in that way, and it keeps it stabilized, so hope that you'll work with us on that. Thank you, Michael, for that great song. Uh, tremendous thought to know that, Lord, you're able but if not, I'm still going to serve you. Let that be our heart today. Amen. I want to invite you to turn to Psalms 23 as we begin to finish this series, um, Peace in Troubled Times. We find ourselves in unprecedented days. We find ourselves in troubled times. We see the folks around us that are uh, getting sick and we hear the news reports of people passing away and we see the things that are happening in the news and all around us. Then people that are losing their jobs and businesses are changing. Folks are in fear walking around. But in this psalm, I believe we can find peace in troubled times. Now we're going to focus on verse 5 and 6, but since this will be the end of our series, I want to read the entire psalm and may the Lord bless the reading of his word. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want or I have nothing to lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still or quiet waters. He restores my soul or renews my life. And he leads me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the darkest valley or the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil or no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice very closely in verse 5 and 6. As we think about the invisible enemy we see around us, the COVID-19. And we think about the enemies of fear and doubt and the things that would come against us in these days. Listen what the shepherd has to say. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over or overflows. Surely goodness and mercy or faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever for as long as I live. In the midst of this time that we are in, these verses I think speak a message to us. And it's simply this. There can be joy in the journey. Pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
We come before you and we are grateful for the privilege and the honor to be in your house today. And so we ask you, Father, in this moment, guide us as we try to preach your word. Speak to us, God, for these next few moments. And give us, God, the truth of your word to your people, to everyone that might be watching now live or later on or on YouTube. I pray, speak to their hearts, move in their hearts, and guide us, God, that we might find joy in the journey. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. David, when he wrote this song, this song, it's believed he was older in life. He was looking back over his life and seeing the good hand of God upon him. David did not write this song in a corner nor in paradise either. He, he, did not, he knew a life that was known for victory is also new defeat. David knew the highs and the lows. He knew the great peace but also war. He knew great defeats but also great victories. He knew what it was like to eat at the king's table with food as far as the eye could see. And he knew what it was to survive on the land as he fled for his life by Saul and also by his son. David had been on a journey. He had looked over his life and said, oh, what a journey it had been. I want you to know that our life is a journey. And in that, there are highs and lows. There are mountains and valleys. And David said, if I look back over my life, there's one thing I can say. The Lord is my shepherd, and He has guided me through this journey. And He's guiding me through this journey right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're walking through a journey. We're walking through a season that's so different. Things that are changing. Things that we once did we cannot do right now. Things that we're restricted to do. Things that are changing all around us. But can I say something? God's Word does not change. God's Word is still alive and well. Matter of fact, the words that David penned down of this song over 3,000 years ago still hold true for us today. These truths are so important. When we think about what is the appeal, what is the draw, what is the comfort in this song? It is found in the fact that David himself, a shepherd, who knew what it was to be a shepherd and to care for sheep, looked at his life and said, I'm simply a sheep, but the Lord is my shepherd. David knew what it was, the importance of a shepherd. David knew that who your shepherd was depended upon your life. And David said, the one and only, the Lord, the creator of the universe, he is my shepherd. He's the one that watches after me and walks me through the dark valley and leads me beside the still waters and restores my soul. But David also knew that sheep went on the journey. David knew that you could not keep sheep in one place, but you had to move them from place to place. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to be moved from place to place. God will not allow us to stay comfortable for long. Had a young man call me last night. He was in my Biscuit Bible group early on, and he's now in college. And we were talking. He called me just to check. And boy, I blessed my soul. And we began to talk last night. And he said, "He said, you know, Pastor. He said, here's the thing." If we don't get uncomfortable sometimes, we don't think we need the comforter. It's when we get uncomfortable, we realize we need the comforter. And God's made us uncomfortable now so that we can know we need the comforter. David said, God moves us just like, it, just like I move the sheep from pasture to pasture, from valley to mountain. There's on a journey. Now, you drive cattle, but you lead sheep. And God's leading us through a journey right now. He's leading us 
in a season now that he's not stopped being a shepherd. We have to keep our eyes on the shepherd. And so as we look at this last two verses, a couple things I realized, it's phrasing that popped up all the days of our life. All of us, David said, if I look over my days, my shepherd has walked me through. Three things I want to say quickly to you. We're on a journey. Number two, we live in this journey day by day. Number three, God desires to give us joy on this journey day by day. Do you see it? We're on a journey. We live in this journey day by day. And as we live on this journey day by day, God desires to give us joy. We're on a journey. You begin your journey the moment you were born into this world. And you're continuing that journey now until the Lord calls you home. But for a Christian, your journey began the day you got saved. That you were bought with a price. We're beginning Holy Week, Palm Sunday. When Jesus triumphantly entered in Jerusalem, beginning the week that he would end that week, that we'll see Good Friday, he will give his life on a cross, shed his blood that we might be saved. And that's why the Bible says we've been bought with a price. We are not our own. You see, we were sheep out there in the marketplace, didn't have an owner. Oh, we had an owner, but it was a thief and a robber that kills and destroys. And then he comes and says, I will save you. I'll rescue you. I'll bring you into my fold. And you'll become one of mine. And that's why the Bible says we've been bought with a price. We're now the sheep of his fold. That's when we begin that journey. How's your journey? You're on a journey with the Lord. Some of us right now, our journey is being tested. It's no longer just saying faith is a word, but faith has to be lived out day in and day out. That's why we look number two. We live this journey day by day. David says, he said, the truly goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The last part, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or as long as I live, literally means the length of my days. We do not live year at a time, month at a time, or week at a time. We live day by day. In my mind's eye, I can still see 1230, driving down to my grandmother's house back in the Late 80s, early 90s during the summer, where I drive my bicycle down there, and Granny said, Whoa, whoa, whoa son, can't talk now. Days of our lives are on. So, so are the sands of the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. Some of y'all been watching them stories again during this thing. I can see it. I see it. Yeah, right now I can look at it. See. But isn't that true? It's the days of our life. We're walking through some unique days. And by the way, they run together. Can I get a witness? Amen. But we don't live this journey week by week. It's day by day. That's why His mercy is new every morning as we walk through these days. On the Sometimes we're wondering, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? We're wondering about that. But I want to say to you what these days means. On the good days and bad days. On the full days and empty days. On the days I feel like I get it right and the days I feel like I get it wrong. He is walking with us all the days of our life. But listen closely. Here's the third one. We live on this journey day by day. But on this journey day by day, he desires to give us joy. When I begin to sense that was the, 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 the message that would come out of these verses, I wrestled with it. We're seeing death, fear. We're seeing financial difficulty. 
How in the world can we rejoice in that? And I say to you, we do not rejoice in that. We do not rejoice when someone dies as a result of this virus. We do not rejoice when someone gets sick as a result of this virus. We do not rejoice in the fact that someone that is loses their job because of this virus. We do not rejoice because folks walk through hardship because of this virus. We do not rejoice because someone's walking through fear. We rejoice in the fact that we got a shepherd in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the finances, in the midst of the dead, in the midst of the sickness. We have a shepherd that sees us and knows us and loves us and therefore there can be joy. Joy is not found in our circumstances. Joy is found in who our shepherd is. And that has not changed. As a matter of fact we, many of us, have sought to get closer to the shepherd because we've come to realize how weak we are as sheep and how strong he is as a shepherd. I'm here to tell you this picture that he gives in verse 5 and 6 is a picture of joy in the midst of the journey and even a journey when you're facing enemies. Notice what he begins to say. When you read this again, it's a wonderful picture of a benevolent father and shepherd. He wants his sheep to have life, have it more abundantly. Did you know that when it says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes but to kill and destroy? He said, but I, the good shepherd, have come that you might have life, have it more abundantly. It means full to the brim. It means you can have joy even in the midst of difficulty and facing your enemies. Here's what God began to put in my heart. He doesn't want us just to survive this virus and this quarantine and this order. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to live in the abundance of Him. What a picture of God. Listen to the words. He, he prepares a table. It speaks of a banquet. It speaks of a meal like you and I cannot even begin to imagine. And He's blessed us with it. You've come out of the dark valley, child of God. And when you step out of the valley, your shepherd has a table spread, a banquet, not of just bread and water and crackers and water, but a banquet spread with plenty. And He says, come and eat. But we say, what about our enemies? He said, I've gone before you. I've took care of your enemies. I'm fighting the fight so you can feast. Anybody tired of the fight and the fight right now? Fighting fear and anxiety and worry and doubt and negativity? Why not let the shepherd do the fighting for you? Bless God. Amen. Let the shepherd do the fighting for you. He says, you, you get nourishment. Let me fight for you. It's a picture of overwhelming celebration. Joy is not found in our circumstances, but in the shepherd and what he provides for us. How do we have joy? Let me show you a couple things that, that David uses as pictures. Number one, it's the word table. He's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've just come out of the dark valley. You are spent. Nothing's left. And you think, man, I just need some nourishment. And you see a table spread. It speaks of renewal that he prepares, that he gives, that he leads. Daily, the Bible says he loathes us with benefits. I'm here to tell you, our God daily walks with us. Daily meets our needs. Daily provides what we have. But where does he do it? In the presence of our enemies. See, the host care and concern doesn't eliminate the presence of our enemies. But enables the presence of our God's goodness and bounty even in the midst of it. I'm not talking about eradicating it and that's the only way we're going to have joy. No. I'm talking about in the midst of all the enemies around us that we're able to sit at the table of God in His presence 
and find renewal in our soul because of what he's prepared for us. Because he has given us, I'm telling you, it is a king's banquet. To me, I think a fifth Sunday fellowship here at Center Baptist Church. Can I get a witness? I mean, when we gather around the table and there's food as far as the eye can see and we're gathered around. And not only that, but there's celebration. There's loving. We're, we, we won't get to do Easter this year at my family's house. And I love the food. You know what I love more than anything is the celebration. I think to the Christmas, a special time with our family. We go to my dad Mama Teen's house and do a low country bowl. Man, there's food. You know I love more than the food? And this, you ain't going to believe it, but I promise you, because I love food, but it's the celebration of family and being together. You know what God's saying through David? You've gone through the dark valley. You're facing enemies, but don't let that stop you from sitting down at my table and enjoying the benefits of knowing me as your shepherd. I'll fight off the wolves. It literally speaks of a shepherd who would go into the table land. The table land was where the fertile uh, um, growth was, but they were, they were plants there that unbeknownst to the sheep, if the sheep was to eat that plant, it was poisonous. The sheep wouldn't know that, but the shepherd would. And the shepherd would go ahead of them, go to this table land, and would pull up all the dangerous plants would move all the dangerous traps where the, where the ground was uneven and where things were, where the sheep might fall. And then he would go over the landscape and see where there might be some tracks of a coyote or a bear. And he would track them down and kill them so that when the sheep came in, they could come in not rushed, not, not worried, not anxious. They didn't even know the shepherd had gone ahead of them. I'm here to tell you, you can sit down at the table of God in the midst of this journey and you can enjoy the blessings of God in the midst of your enemies coming against you because he's fighting for you and you don't have to fight by yourself. Sheep are defenseless apart from the shepherd and so are we. I got to thinking about though, what kind of food is he providing? What's that the banquet? You know what I thought about? Not just food. I thought about spiritual food. When you sit down at the table of God, he's providing grace for every meal, mercy, love, forgiveness, joy, peace, strength, power. I'm telling you, as Spurgeon said, there's no rust, there's no confusion, there's no disturbance. Even though the enemy is at the door, God prepares the table and says, sit down and eat, and I'll give you peace while I fight the battle for you. There's a table that speaks of renewal. There's a cup that speaks of refreshment. He says, my cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil. It speaks of the sheep coming out of that dark valley, and they get pests and, and, and parasites and, and gnats come around their ears and their nose. That shepherd would hold them up in their arms and he would take that oil and it would fresh them because it would take the pests away. He would remove the things that were hindering the, the joy they needed to experience and he would anoint them with oil. It speaks of an individual walking out of the dark valley, out of the ravine, into the sunlight. And they're weary and tired from having to scrape and climb and get through. And they're weary and tired. And they reach for their sack. And they've only got just a little bit of oil to put on their head to refresh them and bring some coolness. No, that's not what this is. It's the shepherd saying, I'm looking, seeing you coming out. Because I've been with you the whole time. And here's a whole bucket full of oil and I'm going to pour over you and I'm going to do it I'm going to do it you don't have to do it for yourself it speaks of refreshment of abundance you know how we can have joy not manufactured not in ourselves, not in our circumstances when the shepherd pours his oil over 
our soul and our cup runs over. Why does it run over? For the goodness of others. We're walking through a difficult time, but so is everybody. And we need the, our cups to overflow so that God can use us to minister to others. But not only that, he gives us guards and resources. Look what he says. Surely goodness and mercy and faithful love will follow me or pursue me all the days of my life. When you study sheep and shepherds, that shepherd of these wives has sheep dogs. And those sheep dogs, the shepherd's leaving. The sheep dogs are coming behind. They're pursuing the flock. And when the flock gets out of line, they come and get after them this way or that way. They're always there. See, goodness and mercy are those sheepdogs, Mark Turner. There's those sheepdogs that come alongside, and they're always there. That means when those sheep would wake up, they'd be the sheepdogs right there side by side. When they'd go to bed, they'd be the sheepdogs right there waiting for them, trying to guard off other things, keeping the sheep in line. I'm telling you, when you wake up in the morning, there's goodness and mercy. When you go to bed at night, there's goodness and mercy. That's something to rejoice about. I'm telling you, if you know Jesus, you've got goodness and mercy every day of your life. I'm about to bust this sound system wide open. I'm going to tell. But I can't help it. I get excited when I think about the things He supplies for us. It's His goodness. Do you hear me, child of God? What picture do you have of God? Do you think He's some mean old God? He's just up there, up there in heaven waiting for you to mess up, waiting for you to get it right. He won't love you unless you get it right. I want to tell you, His goodness is there every day to supply your need. And His mercy is there every day to forgive you and me and to take care of our sins. I like what Spurgeon said. He said when we have goodness and mercy, goodness takes care of our steps. Mercy takes care of our stumbles. Goodness supplies our needs. Mercy blots out our sins. All the days of my life, the sheepdogs are there. Goodness and mercy nipping in my heels, pursuing me. When I was a kid growing up at Skits Mountain, we'd sing that song. We'd just sung Surely Goodness and Mercy. And I kept trying to figure out in my mind who Surely Goodness was. Mercy I knew, but Surely Goodness, anyway, y'all get it to me, baby. Surely Goodness, Mercy. Every day. Think with me for a moment. I mean, we've had some days, haven't we? There's been some good days that you've enjoyed with your family. There's been some bad days. When your emotions on edge and fear comes and anger comes and frustration, depression. Maybe days you broke down. Maybe days you've lost your cool. Maybe there were days you made a difference and then there were days that you thought, well, I didn't help anybody but myself. I want you to know Mercy's there. <laughs> right at your heels. Saying, doesn't matter what kind of day you've had. Here's my mercy. But oh, I, I'm empty. Here's my goodness. I've blown it. Here's my mercy. I got no more strength to go. Here's my goodness. Are you hearing me, child of God? Are you hearing the joy and the journey is not found in our circumstances? It's found in what the shepherd provides for us. A table, a cup, and goodness and mercy. I'm telling you, it's day by day. But also the word house. He said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever as long as it shall live. That word house speaks of relationship. That we are in a relationship with the shepherd. One of the greatest phrases in all the Bible is this. God with us. 
See, throughout the Old Testament, God desired to be with His people. He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, and they sinned, and He and he broke fellowship with God. But He made a way by sacrificing an animal. And then all the way through Abraham, and then into Moses, as they had the sacrificial system. What was that? That was God saying, I want you to draw near to me. That's why He built the tabernacle right in the middle of the, of the people, so they could see the presence of God. That's why the temple was put there in the middle of the city, so they could see the presence of God. And that's why God sent Jesus. Jesus Christ, so He could come and live on this earth and dwell among us. And that's why when He died on the cross, rose again, ascended the Father, He sent the Holy Spirit that He lives in us. And now we're the house of God. He doesn't have a tabernacle or temple to dwell in. He dwells in us. When you get saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. That is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that where you go, He goes. That means it's a relationship. That means that we are saved by grace. And it's not a far off God. He's a God that is near. It's my wife's new favorite song. He's a God who stays. <laughs> he running off. He in fear. He says, I'm right here with you through the coronavirus. I'm right here with you through every fear. Don't you worry. You're in my house now. It speaks of relationship, of protection. It speaks of a child being at home with his father. And David said, as long as I live, I'm in the house of God. Well, I long to be back in this house. I'm looking around right now and I'm seeing, except for those precious ones here, empty pews. But I can see your faces right now before you sit. And some of my family sit in your seats. You need to know that right now. They've taken over your seats. <laughs> Listen to you. Whether we are in this house or not, it does not negate the presence of God. When you're on that job wondering, am I going to get sick and lose my job? He's right there. You're in, the, you're in his presence. In that hospital room. On that job that you're struggling with as a first responder. When you're sitting there watching the newscast. When you're sitting there looking at your bank book. He's right there. See, joy's not found in circumstances. It's found in what he provides and who he is. But not only that, what I like about this, he says he'll do it forever. See, because that sheep was been gone from where he started, and now he's in another place. He stayed in the house of God all the time, but then there's coming a time when it's not only by faith. See, right now we're in the house of God by faith. But one day we're going to be in the house of God by sight. Can I encourage you to know this world's not our home, child of God? And we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever one day. Well, there'll be no coronavirus. Well, there'll be no fears. There'll be no sadness. I'm telling you, yes, we're walking through it now. But where does our joy come from? Not only what He provides for us now, but the future He has for us. And it is glorious. Charles Spurgeon said, when I'm living on this earth, I'm in the first floor of the house. But when He calls me home, I'm not leaving the house. I'll just go upstairs. <laughs> Amen? I, I, I won't leave the house. I'll just go upstairs. I'll just go up further. I'll just go what he has for me. David said, there's joy in the journey because of what he gives me. I thought this morning in Psalms 4, as I read my devotional time, Psalm 4, 7 and 8, David said, you have put more joy in my heart than those that have new wine. And I will lay down and sleep 
Because you're my safety. Anybody having trouble sleeping? Did you know that sheep won't sleep if they're fearful? Sheep won't lay down if they're fearful. You know what causes the sheep to lay down? The shepherd. Draw, draw in close. I want you to hear this. You don't have to work the night shift because he does. And guess what? He never sleeps nor slumbers. He's got it. Drawing close to the shepherd and he will put joy. I like what he said, other than the new wine. Well, there ain't nothing out there. They can be a temporary joy. I thought about it Friday when I was there getting some groceries and I wasn't pandemonium, but I was getting some groceries just like everybody else. Saw a man, he had 24 pack of Mountain Dew, 24 pack of Pepsi, Enough frozen pizzas to last for a month. I thought, man, he's got it right there. That's, that's it. That's going to no last. Somebody had alcohol. Ain't going to last. Somebody's turning to drugs. Ain't gonna, whatever we're trying to look to to find peace in this time, it ain't going to last. But the joy he gives is last. Day by day and as long as we live. Let me close with this thought. How is it David could say there's a banquet set. There's a joy. You know why? Listen to me. What are we all saying during this time? How you doing? Hanging on. Getting by. Doing the best we can. I've said it. said it last night. But God early this morning began to stir in my heart and say, Really? Really? I don't want you just to survive. I want you to thrive. You're so focused on what you don't have and what you can't do. Why don't you focus on what I've blessed you with? There's food on my table. There's clothes on my back. My family's well and healthy right now. I'm telling you, God has been good to me. I'm able to get around. i got a bed to sleep in. I've got food in my pantry. Food on my... i, I got stuff. Listen, I've been blessed. Are things perfect? No. Is my heart hurting? Yes. But because of Jesus, because He's my shepherd, I can have joy. Because He leads me beside still waters, I can have joy. Because he restores my soul, I can have joy. Because he's with me in the dark valley, I can have joy. Because he prepares a table to press my knees, I can have joy. Because his goodness and mercy is nipping in my heels. Goodness to supply what I need. Mercy when I mess up. He pours up all over my head. Let's me dwell in his house. If that's not enough to give us joy, what is? It's not our circumstances. It's our shepherd. Our joy is found in him. You know, I thought about those sheepdog. They're worn off those things that come against us. There's a lot of things out there stealing your joy. Uh-uh. You stick the sheepdog on them. Goodness and mercy. I'm not making light of where we're at. or making light of anybody's fears. Lord knows I've had mine. And I've hit my wall a time or two. But when I'm able to get my breath back spiritually... What is the source of my joy? It is my shepherd. And I shall not want. David said, I look back over my life in the hills and valleys and the peaks and the low times and the good days and bad days. I can have joy in the journey knowing he was with me all the way. When it comes to my time, he'll be with me all the way home. Our joy is found in Jesus, child of God. Here's the invitation where you're at right there. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, can I encourage you right there we are to simply say, Lord Jesus, would you come in my life and save me? Would you forgive my sins? 
I'm on the sheep market and I've got nothing but an owner like the old devil who's nothing but a thief and a robber and he's wanting to kill, steal, and destroy. The shepherd is calling your name today and he's saying, I want to buy you. I bought you with my blood. Let me buy you. Let me save you. Let me change you. Come. I want you to invite him in today to be saved. Maybe you've been saved. You say, Pastor, boy, I'm fearful. There ain't no joy in my journey. I get it. And I'm not here throwing stones. I'm just telling you it's available to us. We've got to believe these are more than words on a page. They are truths we can live by, stake our life on, and we can believe with all of our heart. And listen to me. It's day by day. I can't live today on yesterday's resources. i got to live on what he's given me today. And day by day, he desires to give us joy. I said it that way on purpose. His desire is to give us joy. But we must receive it. You know, a gift's not a gift until you receive it. It's just a gift on a shelf. God's saying, I'll put a table before you. Receive what I've given you. Let my oil overflow you. Look around you and see goodness and mercy. See that you're dwelling in my house and find joy in the journey. Senator Baptist, this pastor loves you. And I long for the day to see you back in this place. And until that time, we are the church gathered, not gathered, but scattered. We're not the church that's not closed, but dispersed and dispatched. May God use you. I look forward to sharing more with you this week coming up. I look forward to sharing more with you about the Holy Week and other things that you can be a part of. Maybe I'll do a video tonight to share about that. I hope to do some Sunday night Zoom, maybe even this evening. Don't know if we'll get to that, but we will this week. I love you, church. I want to say again, thank you, Ms. Dina. Thank you, Ms. Shield. Thank you to my family. Thank all of you. And I know it was different with some of the things that are happening with the, the iPhone. But bear with us and still, some way or another, find a way to watch and share with others. May the Lord bless you, church. I want to pray for us a little in our service, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you and praise you. Father, in the name of Jesus, move among every heart that's out there today. For those that might be listening that are lost, God, would you speak to them? Would you show them they need to be saved? And for those that are weary, and God, there is no joy in what they're walking through. And we feel like we're only surviving. Let us see. This is not my opinion. This is not just some fanciful preaching. It's not just name it and claim it. It is the truth of your word that you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies. And that your goodness and mercy is every day. And our cup can run over. And we can be in your house forever. Let these truths penetrate our hearts. Let it not just be words on a page, but let it be words that sink deep into our soul, into our spirit. Yes, the circumstances are bad, and we've been told they may get worse this week for the numbers. We mourn it, 